welcome back to Esba Bookish Podcast. I'm Elle. And I'm Reggie. And we're here today without a guest. We have another host-only episode. This one is our season one finale. So Ooh. we're just going to... <laughs> we did it, season one. We did. Uh, we're going to do a sort of season slash end of year wrap. Um, and then we'll be back to releasing more episodes for March. So, Reggie, Hi. have you enjoyed our podcast journey? I would say we have learned a considerable amount during this podcast journey. A lot about ourselves and a lot about how podcasting even works. Because we kind of started this with a lick and a prayer. Yeah. And uh, a lot has happened over the course of 2022, including the Twitter fiasco. Which, who knows how that's going to affect things in 2023. So, we'll still plug our socials with Twitter, but we might be having to, who knows what happens. We'll cross that bridge when it happens. But yeah, I mean, I think that we've had some fantastic guests on. A good mix of books that we've heard of and not heard of, which was our intention. Yeah, but what about you, Al? What are your thoughts so far on our podcast journey? as you called it. Yeah, I think, like, I just want to say, as a bit of a brag for myself, I learned how to edit podcasts. You did? Like, that was a learning curve. Um, when we started this, it was Joe Askew who edited the first few episodes for us, and then I took over, and Reggie can tell you that the messages I was sending him, I was trying to learn how to do it, I was getting very stressed, and then it was like, something just clicked, and I went, oh, and now I can do it relatively fast. Um, and hopefully the editing skills are good as well. It's not, we're not putting out a mess every other week. But I think one of the things I've most enjoyed is the variety of guests we've had, talking to different people. Every one of our guests has been so much fun to just sit and chat with. It's been really great. Yeah, and the nice thing is that because this is a chatting podcast, not like something that's very, very produced, yeah, it's a lot easier for us to get our bearings, I would say, unless we started, unlike if we had started with like a storytelling podcast, which would be just overwhelming, yeah. to say the least. Um, so what's your favorite book that was brought to the table for oh, this season? That is a question. Can I even remember all the books we've done? Um Bring them up. Uh, the ones that I've read, um, I think, oh, I love them all, but in like slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one we did, obviously, was Whispers in the Dark, which we talked about with S.H. Cooper. Um, Laurel is an absolutely fantastic writer. Everything she puts out that I've managed to read, um, that and Crossroads, are great. Mm-hmm. The other two we had episodes three and four i haven't yet read a lot of these books i haven't read and i'm really hoping i can pick them up maybe after christmas in the new year um just summer nightmares that i thought that was a really good book that was really different as well Mm -hmm. um especially the way it kind of played around with the ideas of why the villain was acting like he was as well 
Um, you know, even just looking at the lesser ones with Man with No Shadow, the, the no sleep adaption of that is so brilliant. That's on my to read list. Yeah, definitely read it, listen to the no sleep version as well, because that was that was great. Um and obviously the last handful of books I've managed to read um you know, transmuted. That's great. That's just a brilliant book. Um Mexican Gothic and Death of Jane Lawrence, if you if you're a fan of the Gothic, you can't miss them out. They are and I feel like with Hannah and Vicky as well, like they have such a great knowledge of the Gothic genre as a whole that those discussions as well were really interesting. Um, as I'm getting more and more kind of into the gothic as a genre and like the background behind it as well. Um, I thought that was just brilliant. Makes sense. Probably will be no surprise to you that Lore was one of my favorite book suggestions brought to the table because I am that YA Greek mythology retelling target audience. Um, but I will say one that I hadn't heard of, and I'm very grateful for it bring for it coming on was Ring Shout. Yes, because that was it was not long; it's just a novella. But that was actually genius. It is a genius book, and I feel like more people should pick it up because yeah. it just handles the subject matter in a way that's both approachable and impactful which I think yeah. it's very difficult balance to have. Yeah, definitely need to pick that one up as well. I, yeah, I think I'm going to start going through them in the order that we've had the episodes and try and read them that way, especially where we've got a little bit of a break now. Yeah. We needed that break, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess it will be finishing after this episode until March we got a couple of really awesome guests lined up as well um, and I'd say as well during this break feel free to get in touch with us if you've got any feedback for us if you want to leave a review things like that, everything like that helps um, we've had a yeah. couple of come in but yeah we're always approachable yeah, if, if you have any suggestions on what you want to see with the podcast, any guests that you want to bring on, anything, we'll, we'll accept the construct, uh, constructive criticism. And if you want to guest yourself, like we, we're happy to... I, when I tweeted out asking if anyone wants to come on the podcast, we had such a great response to that. Mm -hmm. Still haven't recorded all the episodes that came out of that as well, so that's going to be some great stuff yeah. that's coming up in season two and you don't have to be a blogger or um like an author to come on yeah. i think that was a little bit of a misconception perhaps but we really want a variety of people to come on and just bring that book that has been impactful because i mean z is not a writer z was one of our guests and z brought the Murderbot diaries which is frankly a very fascinating book because of how it just explores a lot of things with humor it's approachable sci-fi and so like you could be like z and come on at some point um i it really stands out to me how much certain episodes complemented each other because we had that one with z and then the next one was a song for the wild bill yep um i believe joe brought correct that was joe yeah 
and even you know we started off with talking about Laurel Hightower's book with S.H. Cooper and the next episode just so happened that we had Laurel on um we had the man with no shadow conversation was just before we talked about the dangers of smoking in bed with O from No Sleep Podcast mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's some good oh and having synergy. Eve on synergistic yeah. yeah and having Eve on just before we did the conversation about transmuted mm-hmm. you know quite yeah but I think next season I want to have some people maybe bring some graphic novels or comics or web comics that have stood out to them. Maybe just branching out of strictly the book medium, like the written, yeah. the written word medium and moving more into those other spheres that people tend to not unrightly so pay as much attention to. Yeah. Graphic novels, especially like they at the moment, there's such a big focus on them. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, the Umbrella Academy has been quite successful. Sandman has been quite successful. Yes. Um, I've gone back and I haven't read the graphic novel yet, but I've been watching Lock and Key. Oh, Lock um, and Key is so good. I will say, for me, as a Lock and Key graphic novel fan, it didn't translate the way I would have liked into television because there are limitations. I started listening to the Audible version mm-hmm. and then have kind of been watching the series in parallel, mm-hmm. um, which has been really interesting because I'm kind of almost spoiling different aspects for myself because I don't come up with the TV show that I've just gotten to in the audio version. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean because the audio version as well, there's so much more darker stuff in there. And, I was excited for them using the head key and it didn't happen in the way that it does. The head key in particular, it's just so specific and it lends itself so well to the graphic novel medium. Yeah. It's kind of like how, and I'm going to go off on my little Satoshi Khan tirade, but Satoshi Khan was, he passed away, unfortunately, but he was a director and animator and also a manga, mangaka. Um, and he had that ability to utilize animation and utilize it in a way that does not translate to live action. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with his manga that he wrote. It's called Opus. And it's the same thing. Like that would not translate well into a live action but it also wouldn't translate well into the written word like they are so specific for their niches that whenever you encounter a creator who knows how to utilize their medium to the full extent it just becomes a completely different animal and i think some of the best adaptions work when they don't try and follow exactly when they take like the core elements of the book and translate it into screen in the best way they can but yeah lock and key i was really excited to see the split head open um yeah i'm on i'm just on season two now of the tv series so i will hopefully pick that up at some point yes and that's another thing too like this is a book-ish podcast mm-hmm. so if you have something that you person i am speaking to who might become a guest one day 
have something that you want to bring to the table that isn't necessarily a book, like a webcomic perhaps, or maybe even an analog horror series that you have found that is from a creator of um, one of the minority creators that we focus on this podcast for, by all means, there are literary pieces within each of these kinds yeah. of media. So bring them to the table. It doesn't always have to be a written word. It can be a great audio book, even. Yeah. Yeah. Audio books will be really effective as well. Like, that's how I listen to Mexican Gothic. Um, it's how I listen to a lot of nonfiction as well. Yeah, I'm not a nonfiction person. I need someone to read it to me. Yeah. But, like, I listen to a couple of, like, sort of books that are focusing on, like, social justice and stuff via audible and it's great when they have those voices of telling you you know yeah whatever the the main topic in that book is so that's always good yeah audiobooks great graphic novels are amazing they are and speaking of then kind of kind of segued into it but very light segue what is your favorite media consumed from 2022 it is early we are recording in november but what is so far your favorite piece that you've consumed this year or pieces that's hard to pick one yeah um i've read so many great books this year as well um her majesty's royal coven i read babel Mm -hmm. babel is amazing and yeah if anyone does if the ears perk up hearing those books and you want to come on and talk specifically about them, please let me know because I would love that. And A Lady for a Duke, read that this year. That was, oh, my rom- my my romance living heart. Really love that so much. <laughs> so much. Um, yeah, and then TV series. Like I've, Because I started working from home um, with my job, I found that like my lunch times I tend to watch... I tend to watch series I, I haven't had a chance to catch up on. So that's why I've been watching Lock and Key. Um, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's come out this year as well. I love Sandman. Um, it's not long I started reading the graphic novels, so I'm on about volume five or six at the moment. So I just really love like, getting into that and by the, um, the TV series as well. I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Night of a Thousand Cats had Tupac watching the TV, which is not something she normally does, so that's slightly concerning. Oh, I've no. really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed um, some of the Marvel offerings. Miss Marvel, I loved. I thought that was brilliant. Star Wars Andor was great. It was such. It's so great to see like different stories being told in these universes that are focusing on characters who aren't the white male hero, um, especially in something like Andor where they're a bit, I want to say like, you know, he's not just, he's not like Luke, he's not a clean cut, never does any wrong, always chooses the right option character. He, you know, sometimes he is incredibly selfish and that's what makes him more, his character more interesting. Um, Mandalorian. I just, I, I just love Grogu, and I love Mandalorian. I think, I, I just, I something about that trope, the grumpy, like middle-aged man with the 
innocent yet powerful child, which uh, Logan, <laughs> like, when when uh, Obi Wan Kenobi was starting, I was like, oh, that's what we that's what we need is Ewan McGregor in a kind of grumpy middle aged man role protecting this innocent yet somehow powerful. <gasps> oh my god, it is that. <laughs> Well, I'm worried about Ewan McGregor in the future. Ewan McGregor and everything. That'd be great. Yeah. What you? What's the uh, what's the favorite thing you've listened to this year? Or listened to? Sorry, consumed. Consumed. Um. So, as L probably already knows, our flag means death was a highlight for sure. Still riding that bandwagon, watching it way too much. Uh, a more recent thing I've cons- I've watched was the TV series of Interview with the Vampire, which has been adapted beautifully. You named the two shows that I would literally kill to see right now and are not available in the UK. Not yet. Um, but I really liked Interview and how it really is ultimately about focuses on Louis and now Louis is a black man from Jim Crow era Louisiana and I just love that kind of approach because I wasn't really enthralled by Louis in any other form of media I was just like he's kind of there I love I do love Louis but I do curse him for being the forerunner of so many broody vampires which sometimes I love them sometimes I'm like all right get over yourself yeah get over it Get over it, buddy. Also, why are you sparkling? Um, yeah. Or yeah. why are you? Why? Why are your, all your ex girlfriends look the same, Stefan? Oh, on that's date. a problem. That's a problem. You might want to get a therapist for that, buddy. Yeah, and also, please, vampires, can you stop going after high school girls? It's really getting creepy now. It really is creepy. Um, but those are the two TV shows that I've watched that really stood out. In the grand scheme of things, I've watched a lot of TV shows over the past year because I also work from home. Um, So those are like the big TV shows, right? Like from major companies. But what I found out back in September is that Ryan and Shane from BuzzFeed Unsolved are back in Ghost Files. They have left BuzzFeed. I am so happy for them. And they're finally back to ghost hunting. And it makes me so happy. Because they're they're just as terrible as usual. Yeah. Except now they have like a connect. And the very first episode, they're like, Shane, dance in front of the connect. And he just like kind of booty pops in front of it. I'm like, yep, this this tracks. (laughs) This totally tracks. I will add as well, because it wasn't released this year, but it, it like I said, I've been catching up with a lot of shows, so Pose. Oh, Pose, yeah. Brilliant. Um, absolutely great TV. It's a sin. Mm-hmm. Watched. Um, but also, I think the thing that completely stole my heart was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, because you finally watched it. You were like, I finally, yes. finally watched it. I finally got over myself and was like, all right, I know the title sounds a bit dodgy, but maybe, maybe... And then from episode one, I was completely and utterly hooked. Welcome. Welcome to the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend fan club. Yeah. And my rage for uh, uh, the change 
is is ever burning. Oh, and something I have watched recently as well that I basically binge watched the whole of it, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Um, don't go in expecting the same character from Sandman. Oh, no. It is based on the same character, but it's a different take on the character. Um, Rich actually got me the first volume of the graphic novel for my birthday as well, along with Marvel Zombies. Um, so I will be reading that, though I'm expecting it's been completely different because you can see where they've made like the more procedural element of it for the TV. Um, last series was a bit of a letdown, but overall, um, I would happily watch Tom Ellis in that all day, every day. It's true. It's true. And I'll watch anything uh, Rachel Bloom is in. So I have seen Reboot. Ah, you have. I have not seen that one yet. Really good. Really I good? I really enjoyed it, yeah. I'm still it's getting great. caught up with uh, Shane and Ryan's antics. So when I'm done with that, I'll I'll go on to it. Um... Let's see here. Other things that I read this year that I really liked, and it's kind of like sort of showing my whole ass, but that's okay. Um, my friend recommended a web comic to me called The Hunt, and it's by this um, writer creator named Lucid, and it's literally just werewolf boy. And his tiny twink boyfriend, who's also an idiot, trying to navigate weird happenings in their town. I will check that out. You will have to, I will send you a link after to where to get the uncensored version, because there is a lot of horniness in this comic, but also a lot of stupidity. It's kind of amazing. Um, so that's one that has unequivocally stolen my heart, because I was like, look at these two idiots. I love them. The other thing that I read this year that I really liked was um, I got into Danmei this year, Danmei, the uh, Chinese boy love novels. Okay. I got into those. Um, scum saving villains, something, something. They call it SVSS. Let me look up the entire title because, uh, let me see. The Scum Villain Self-Saving System, SVSSS. I got into that one because my friend pitched it to me as guy does not realize that he is the damsel in distress, but also, <laughs> oops, I have made the protagonist fall in love with me. <laughs> and I started reading it. I was like, yeah, that about sums it up. That about sums it up. Basically, the premise is a guy is a really big fan of a web novel. For those of you who don't know, web novels are kind of like old-timey, they would publish every week a chapter. Mm -hmm. And this guy's a big fan of this one web novel, and he's really mad about it. And then he all of a sudden is in the web novel. <laughs> and he's the villain of the web novel. So now he's trying to save himself, and chaos happens. Um, did not expect to like Donmei, uh, but mm -hmm. here I am. Very entertained by it. Um, so yeah, you can find those at Barnes and Noble, by the way, they have translated the books and put them out on paperback. They're fairly hefty guys too. I will say yeah. there's a graphic novel that did come out this year. Um, so whenever Joe Glass 
is kickstarting or fundraising for his stuff, I'll always do it because mm. from the moment I read a tiny section of the Pride, um, in a like, basically it was it. There used to be a Cardiff Independent Comic Expo that I used to go to. Well, I went to a few times and it was I loved it. It was amazing. Devastated when they stopped doing it. Um, but years after it stopped, I found a sort of anthology of the size comics in an Oxfam shop. So oh. I was like, oh yeah, brilliant. Picked it up. A couple of them I recognised. Um, read this section of Pride. Immediately went on his website, bought the actual omnibus, which has been re-released now. Is in comic book stores, so get in touch with your comic book stores because the Pride is amazing. It's basically a team of queer superheroes. Um, but the, he released the Miracles this year, which is about a family who have like transported into our universe from superhero comic books. They're kind of Fantastic Four-ish, but the whole idea around it is they're an immigrant family in the modern-day United States. Ooh. And yeah, it's really good. I really recommend that, especially if you if you want to support more independent comics outside of like Marvel and DC and you know their various imprints. Definitely check out Joe Glass. Um, his stuff is always great. Um, I think I have by this point everything he's put out. Um, I've got multiple stickers that he tends to put in his um. And when he ships stuff from his shop and if you can buy directly from his shop as well yeah support your local comic shops for sure because yeah. they kind of need your help but what else did i read this year i'm looking back on my bookshelf what do i have here i read a lot of things i'm trying to remember others that stood out in terms of physical book format Oh, I read, um, I got into a little bit of the Moto Hagio. She is a, oh God, was it the year 24 or the year 27? Anyway, she's um, one of the manga creators that revolutionized shoujo manga. And I got okay. into a lot of her stuff. And it was mostly in the 1970s where a lot of her things were published. And year 24 group, that's what it is. Primarily female manga artists. And I read The Poe Clan, which is a very interesting take on vampires. And it definitely is of its time, but I really enjoyed it because it's just, you can see where a lot of tropes in modern day manga stemmed from. Okay. And you're like, interesting. Also, the style is not what you would expect, the drawing style. And I appreciate that she is one of those people that really defined a lot of what we see today. Mm -hmm. So I read that. There were two volumes that came out. I read both of them. They were very good. As for horror stuff, you know, I'm always around horror things. I appreciated the documentaries that came out on shutter those were very yeah. good the um one on found footage was great the one about uh 101 
horrifying moments in film, not about horrifying movies, but the moments themselves. Yeah, I like true. that a lot. Because I like hearing people explain why something is effective, not just, oh my God, it's so scary. It's like, here is why this is good. Yeah. Like, here's that deep Z access. Uh, access, not. Why did I just mix up access and access? Um, the deep Z access in, in a film, like the way that makes you feel like you're the voyeur almost. Like, I learned a lot about how they use those kinds of things to their advantage which was great. Yeah, I I read This Is the Year. I actually finally read, or did I finish it this year? Um, Men, Women and Chainsaws. I think which, you read it. I think you read and finished it this year. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I started it this year. It was, I think it's one of those ones that took me a while, but that is definitely, if you're interested in kind of gender in, in horror, um, in the way horror has always subverted gender, and played with gender stereotypes and definitely definitely check that out it's a little bit outdated now but i think it's still effective for that kind of thing and like you said like the sort of examination and of why that kind of thing works um i do love reading non-fiction around horror though as well i feel like i've read a lot of romance this year as well you've been on a romance spree this year i have um I I think it's just post-pandemic. Like, I, I liked romance when I was younger, and then I kind of went through a stupid, oh, it's too girly phase. Because um, I'm not like other girls. Um, but this year was when I kind of really, like, dug into a lot of romances. Um, some have been amazing. Some have just been a bit weak. Um, <laughs> but same with any genre, you know, you're going to get really good stuff and bad stuff. Um, Half a Soul was a great sort of take on Regency romance, but with a fantasy element, if you like. Um, oh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, that was really good. I read Georgette Hire's False Colours and Regency Buck, which are kind of the originators of Regency romance. Um, pretty amazed at how well they stood up. Like, because I thought maybe some of it would be a bit you know problematic and stuff and they actually hold up really well I found myself laughing quite a lot as well like the moments you're supposed to laugh at as well not like unintentional laughter yeah lady for a duke again that was that was so good you guys can tell the difference between l and i l has like a list of things and i just wing it constantly oh i'm just looking at my goodreads yeah, you have a list of things. I don't even use Goodreads. <laughs> I don't blame you. And I've also started my Christmas romance reading. So I've read, finished two at the moment. I'm partway through like an anthology one that's Regency romances, novellas. So that's taking me a while. But Santa Maybe um, is the first Christmas romance I read this year. And the thing I really, really loved about it was the character of Nick um, is by, and he's on the page by. Like, there was parts where I was a bit, like, dubious and a bit like, oh, is it just going to be casually mentioning he's got an obsession with Kurt Russell, but it's not, means anything. Um, but no, he does explicitly state later on that he is by as well, and that had me cheering because I feel like you don't often see 
by male characters much. No, um, or they're done for like laughs. It seems. Yeah, um, but his love rival is um, basically Nathaniel from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which was really fun to see. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, poor Nathaniel. Anyway, other media I've played, I mean, I played this year um, Ghostwire Tokyo, which was very underrated. I'm still working on that article for um, DHR about that. <laughs> very underrated um very underrated game it's not anything really not like new but the way they do the story is very fun and i really like the yokai designs in it there are some moments that are genuinely terrifying and confusing and disorienting which like i felt really motion sick after a few but it adds on to like the whole disorienting experience which was great and of course i replayed hades because Hades, and Zagreus, the bisexual icon that he is. I find that Hades has become my go-to when I'm like, I need comfort. Aw, it's your comfort game. Yeah, like, and not even just that. Even, I feel like, if I'm feeling a bit down or whatever, I'll be like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll either play it or I'll read the fanfics. Yeah. They're amazing. Alchemy is like, I think most of the times, right before we're reading the pod, we're recording the podcast, half the time I'm reading a Hades fanfic right before we record. <laughs> the fanfic quality is very high with a Hades fandom. Oh, definitely. It's, yeah, it really is. There, really there is. are other fandoms that are a little more hit or miss. I have had practically no misses with the Hades fandom. Yeah. And that, that says a lot. I've also heard apparently there's more fanfics for this film that Tumblr created than there is for Avatar. Really? Yeah. The film that these... Was it... I can't remember which... It might have been they made up a Scorsese film from the 70s. I wonder... So there was something... Maybe we could touch on this in a different episode but my friend had been complaining about how mediocre media creates fan fiction and fan art that is actually superb. Oh, yeah. I think we can explore that in another episode because there's a lot of examples, kind of like what you're citing in that if the media is too good, then there's not a whole lot that people feel inspired to make. Yeah. I think it's you need stuff that's kind of got a gap in it in some element that makes but also is good enough that you the, the whoever it is cares about the characters like i've tried to read some sort of the tv shows that i've gotten into i try and read some fanfics for them and sometimes like once upon a time mm. the fanfic you get there is all pretty much regina slash emma yeah um which is fine, and some of that is amazing, but then some of it is just a bit, like, eh. But I think, what have I tried? I've tried reading some Game of Thrones fanfics before, I think. I think right after the series finished, and it's just not that great. I'm not sure why. what it is with... Yeah, like you said, we need... Okay, future episode idea is... I'm writing this down, because this is definitely a topic that's worth exploring. Yeah, you can already see how we could, like, prattle on for ages about it 
Yeah. Future, future episode 2023. We're talking about this. Yeah. So do you have any goals for 2023 in terms of the podcast? In terms of the podcast, I think one thing I would like to figure out a little more in 2023 is the variety of social media and how best to promote this because things are changing very rapidly. And so figuring out how to extend our reach and increase listenership and obviously sharing with friends is the easiest way to increase listenership. But just getting this on the radar of people who may not know that these kinds of podcasts exist. Yeah. And I've, Ellen, very, very kindly wrote up a social media plan for us um, that I need to dig into when I've got some more time. But it's all based around Twitter. Mm -hmm. She gave it to me not long before all of that mess started. So at the moment, I'm kind of just waiting to see maybe i mean i'm gonna stick on twitter until the very end anyway yeah um i know other people have explored other options at the moment it seems like the alternatives are a bit unsteady Um, they're either unsteady or they aren't the platforms that we need because there's really only one twitter yeah that's something that will figure out later yeah Uh, maybe we'll start promoting it on tumblr yes tumblr supposedly they have their nsfw back supposedly i don't know if they actually do or not any more general goals outside of the podcast you're aiming for next year god next year continue with my mba program Mm -hmm. try and get through that Try and get through work. Yeah. Just trying to survive another year because the older I get, the less the time matters. And I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> I'm getting older. Why am I getting older? I know that feeling. Yeah. Birthday was so much fun, but the back of my head, it was a constant reminder of, you're 33 now. Congratulations, another year. Yeah, but we went to a bar that has magicians. So I did get to see some magic on my birthday, so that was a lot of fun. That's fun. Um, Yeah, I guess another thing I want to do next year is like travel more because the past several years haven't really traveled much in general. Mm -hmm. So would love to, you know, head out and do something. Anything. Yeah, come over to Cardiff, just show up on Elle's door, knock, have Tupac in my lap, you know. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'll show you St. Fagans, which for anyone who doesn't live up, doesn't live in Wales, um, St. Fagans is the National History of Wales Museum, and it's amazing. It's got buildings that they take down brick by brick and very carefully restore in the exact position when they take it on site. So they're partway through what was the oldest pub in Cardiff or one of the oldest pubs in Cardiff that was going to be knocked down and they stepped in and were like, no, we'll, we'll take it. Um, 
and kind of seeing it because I went earlier in the year and I saw it the other day and seeing the way it's kind of built it's basically half a pub when I saw it um, <laughs> you can see like the bottom half of the sign um, so that's how careful they are with their restoration and they've got um, Saxon era like a Saxon era village on site which is like um, you know it's the earliest forms of settlement that were found here up to they've got a row of terrace houses from the same street in the up until the 70s it might be now they're kind of constantly updating that because they want it to be reflective of that community hmm. constantly um so that one house is like 30s 40s 50s they've got tudor era buildings um i just want to take you around there and go that one's older than your country you well, can do that States. it's not yeah. hard to find something older than the united states to be honest no but it's I mean, even like when I every time I go, and I've been so so many times. Like most kids in South Wales are taking their regularly on school trips, and most people have extremely fond memories of the place. Um, and it's changed so much over the years. They've got the twentieth century house still there, which is like they had the turn of the millennium. They had this whole TV program about what the future is going to look like, and it's basically what we would think now as a smart home. Which now I think, now I need to go back to the house because I actually want to see how much the technology has now come to pass. Because I think at the time it was like, oh yeah, as if the future is going to look like that. And now I feel like if I go, I'll be like, oh no, wait, this is what we're living like. But anyway. Retro futurism. Yeah, but as in turn of the millennium. So mm -hmm. late 90s kind of view of it. Um, yeah, that's... And they've got the original like the manor house there from the original landowners and stuff that's its own like building um it's just it's a great it's an amazing museum i love it any excuse to go there basically any excuse i will i will give you that excuse and i can take you to castle yeah yeah take you to a proper castle so what are your plans for 2023 then um podcast both real life whatever podcast i think similar i think i want to try and expand my skills like with social media um again depending on how things go um yeah and just get more of a reach more guests on um i think in general the sand salt blood anthology i'm still reading through submissions at the moment hopefully by the time this airs i'll have cleared most of them um i think i'm up to 10th of October and it closed on the 16th and there's still 130 submissions I haven't read yet Life so it was a lot of submissions um but I am managing since I started transferring them to my kindle rather than reading them on my computer then I've gotten through I started getting through them a lot quicker so I'm hope, hoping to get all responses out relatively soon and then focusing on getting that out in the world next year with sliced up press um i'm hoping to query my novel more as well um because i've had that sitting for a while and just carrying on writing really for me and editing ltop at editing.com if anyone and if any writers are listening and need an editor or an editor as I'm just 
Yeah. Get 10% off if you quote Esbat podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're deciding right now. Yeah. I'm just we're just gonna have an ad right now. If you're looking for an elder. Elder? Oh, that's what SH Cooper started calling me. Well, I mean, it works. Yeah. It works. Oh, Esbat podcast and you'll get 10% off. Boom. So yeah. Hopefully twenty twenty three will be Hopefully 2023 globally will be a less interesting year than everything before it for the last few years. Here's hoping. I don't want to live in interesting times anymore. I'm really over them. Yeah, it's just... Who cursed us? Boomers? Yeah, apparently so. Might be boomers. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway... Mm. I guess we're at a good point where we can wrap this up for 2022. But if you enjoy hearing us just chat about random things or you have suggestions on things or you want to come on, I mean, right now we're still using the Twitters. Yeah. For now. And our email is esbot. Is it esbotbookish at gmail.com? I'm just going to double check that, but I will also put it in the show notes. Um, We will have a bonus episode as well out for Christmas. So keep an eye on your feed. Yes. Um, It might be, depending on how it all goes, it might be Christmas Eve or Boxing Day, but I'll try and, we'll try and get it out for Christmas Eve. Just in case you do want... I don't think many people listen to podcasts on Christmas Day, but if you do want to escape from your family for a while, hopefully we can provide you with some entertainment. Something something and, to entertain you with. Yeah, and the email is, is esbackbookish at gmail.com. So, yeah, drop us an email, get in touch on Twitter. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, shout about it to your friends, leave us a review. They really do help. And they boost our morale as well. Yes, we like those little fuzzies feelings that reviews give us. Um, and I guess if you want to find us on Twitter, EsbatBookish, is that correct, our Twitter handle? At EsbatBookish, and I'm at Reggie C. Writes. I haven't been on very much lately because everything, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm at Eltip, so thank you very much for listening, and well, like I said, we got a Christmas bonus episode, but then we'll speak to you again in March. Yes, we'll speak to you in the new year. And thank you for joining us on this journey thus far. Bye. Bye. Bye.